Good morning, Erev Shabbos. And we'll have a wonderful day. We can continue. We left off on the top of 5A in Megillah. Just going back for a moment, we learned earlier, it says if you, if you have a, if you're afraid, that means that the demons are about to attack you. So he says, either read the Shema. If you can't read the Shema, he says, you should jump four feet. So not that you should jump four feet so you'll be able to read the Shema. We're talking about you can't read the Shema. It's a dirty place. But jumping four feet helps you because maybe you're going out of the maybe the the demon can only influence four 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 cubits, not four feet, four cubits around six feet. So if you jump away, then you're out of his reach. Right. Okay. Dr. the first line on the top, five A. Rab said Megillah in the right time on the fourteenth, on the fifth, fifteenth in the walled in city. Even if you're alone, you can read it by yourself. And we said you can read the Megillah earlier on the 11th, the 12th, the 13th. It's only Basara, only with a minion. You can't read it alone. You can't get a rabbi to read it for you. You have to only read the minion. Avasi argues. Avasi says, Even Bismana, you must read with a minion. Because the whole point of the Megillah is that you should, should publicize the miracle. If you're reading it alone and privately... Of course, the Allah is not like Ravasi. Mar says, Havu, there was a story of Hashle, the Ravasi. It was a story, episode once. And Rav was strict according to Ravasi. He tried to make a point of reading the Megillah. He looked for a minion. But of course, that's ideal, because the whole point is to publicize the miracle. So Rashi says that, that Ravasi is not arguing with Rav. Ravasi is not saying that if you, let's say you can't find a minion, you're stuck. He can't read the Megillah. He's not saying that. He's saying you have to look for a minion. That's ideal. And, and the Gemara says Rav also agrees with that. So really there is no argument. <laughs> Everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. Everyone agrees that ideally, ideally, you should, you should hear with a minion. But if you can't find a minion, you can read. But the eleventh, the twelfth, and the thirteenth, if you can't find a minion, you can't read. Tesvus adds that a yachid reads when he reads. He makes the bracha also. Rather, this is what he said. That even though it's not in the right time, we treat it like it's the right time. Meaning, Pudim is on the 14th. Even an individual could read the Megillah and make a bracha. Even though this is not in the right time, it's Friday, it's the 13th, because you have no choice, you can't read it on Shabbos. Surely, so that that's what Rav, that's what he means. That that even How could he say that Rav said that Shalaybazman if it's not in the right time you must have ten? Here Rav says clearly the opposite. 
that if it's on Shabbos, if Purim is on Shabbos, and you're reading the Megillah not on the right time, Erev Shabbos, Friday, the, like today, Friday, in the 13th, if it's the 13th of Adar, nevertheless, a Yachid calls it, could read it. The mother says, Loy, no, you misunderstood. Really, in this scenario, you would have to have a minion. Because it's Shalai Bismarck. You're not reading it on Purim. You're reading on the 13th, Friday the 13th. Elamai Erev Shabbos is a manna. What do you mean? Erev Shabbos is his time. He's coming to exclude what Rebbe said. Amar, he says, We learned, remember the other day, that since you're pushing off, Rebbe holds... And since you're pushing off, you're not reading it in the proper time, you should all read it on Thursday. So the villagers and the, and the city people read it on Thursday, cause, right? Because the, so he says, that's where he comes to say, no, that the right time to read the Megillah is on Friday. So Debbie's opinion, we learned yesterday, Debbie holds that even though Purim should always be in its proper time, but since, since you're pushing off, since you can't read it anyway on Shabbos, it's being pushed off, so you might as well read it on Thursday at the same time that the villagers are reading. Anyway, you're not reading it at the right time, so you read it on the 12th. So that's what the Rav is coming to say. The law is not like it. The law is that Friday is, like, Friday is the time. Friday is the time to read the Megillah. The first opportunity you have, don't, don't put it off the Thursday, Friday, the 13th. The next mission is okay. Look at mission. Is it really the law? What's considered a big city? Because yes, what sort of batlonin? If it has ten batlonin, ten people who this community pays for them to sit and shul, to be present, to be available for minion for learning, then it's on the map. In the heavenly heavenly map, I don't know if Manhattan is on the map. But like I the Upper East Side, we have a Koilo, so now the Upper East Side is on the map. <laughs> We're not paying for the But People should have been at work at 8.30, this is Manhattan, instead of sitting and learning here every day. Less than that, that is a kvar. And it's a small, tiny village. Billion dollar Himmelkratzes, uh, sky, skyscrapers. Not, that's not considered a big city. It's a, it's a different, different measure. If it doesn't have ten batlanim, it's a little clean shtetl. Only in, only in the in the in these cases, if there's no, if there's a village, we say that you can start reading the Megillah earlier, the eleventh, the twelfth, and the thirteenth, but never later. Put him, you can never go later. You can't go past the 14th. Those who are open cities can't read past the 14th. Those who are closed cities can't go past, can't read past the 15th. But you can do it earlier. If you're a villain. Avalsman, Atikendim, with the time for the Atikendim. We learned in Tainus, we just finished learning. Those families who used to have a set time every, every year they would celebrate it because they, would, they donated the, the wood and the, when they first came to the, rebuild the second temple so forever and ever they, going forward they were, these days were designated as their holidays so what if it fell out on Shabbos? or with Tishabav Tishabav falls out on Shabbos Chagiga the sacrifice of the Chagiga if Yom falls out on Shabbos 
But Hakel, Hakel is, is, is supposed to be on Sukkot, the eighth year, the year after the sabbatical. This year is the sabbatical. The following next year would be Hakel, the day after the first day of Sukkot. But what if it's Shabbos? You can't build a platform. You can't. You can't. So then you're pushing it off, but you don't bring it early, you do it later. Tisha B'av, instead of fasting, you don't fast the before, Thursday before, you fast on Sunday, after Shabbos. When would they celebrate at the time of the Kayin, of the Atsi Kayin, when they would bring the wood, the families that brought the wood, the made of the wood, they would celebrate it the next day, Sunday, after Shabbos. So to Hakel and Chagiga, you bring the next day. And then the Mishnah continues. Even though they said that you, you read the Megillah early, you're allowed to eulogize, you're allowed to fast. It's not a holiday. The holiday for everyone is Purim, the 14th. The rabbis were lenient and they gave them permission to read the Megillah early, but it doesn't make it into a holiday. Yes, like we learned yesterday, because they associated the giving of the gifts to the poor to the reading of the Megillah. Because the reading of the Megillah, that's when the poor gather, and that's when they can expect a nice donation. So that's why we associated Matanas Levien. That's why in the in the in, in your Shalayim, which is like a Purim, if, if, Shab, if, if, if the fifteenth falls on a Shabbos, then you have a three-day Purim. So they read the Megillah, Mishpurim they read the Megillah on Friday, and they also give Matanas Levien, because the Matanas Levien is connected with reading in the Megillah. You read Amalek and Shabbos, but the, the Suda, Matanas Levien, and Mishleach Manas on Sunday. The Suda, Mishleach Manas, you do on Sunday. And some say you have to do the Suda every day, three days. <laughs> you drunk three days in a row, 72 hours. <laughs> she said... When do we say, we read this was already quoted earlier in the Gemara, when do we say that you read the Megillah early in the 11th, the 12th, and 13th, only in those places where they gather on Monday and Thursday, because the Besan is in session in the city. So the villagers would come if they ever have a court case or... They need to clarify. But if there's no court case, there's no reason for them to come Monday and Thursday. Then if they're coming anyway, for the, they're only coming from the Megillahs, they might as well come on the right day. So in that case, you only read the Megillah on the 14th. That's the mission. Look, they're looking at a ton of wheel and a not a sort who is sitting and playing cards. A sort of batlonim who is the present for the shul, for the minion, for the, to learn, to dab. Like the shul, but like he discontinued that way back when he took over. Bingo, right? I'll show In my time, why? I'm not going to show It says, you're not allowed to go past. Past the put him days. How do we know? How do we know that you don't count days? but only months. In other words, at a year. You don't count days for a year. You don't say the cycle of the sun is 365 days. 
That's not how we Jews count the years. How do we count the years? By the months. Many but rather we go by the months. Twelve months becomes a year. Depending on the length of the month. Up, up to the court. One month could be 29 days, 30 days. So it could be a, a day, a year, 354 days. It could be a year, 353 days. It all depends on the... And that's a year. Even though that's not the natural cycle of a year. If you follow the moon, there is no year. You only have a monthly cycle. If you follow the sun, there are no months. You only have an annual cycle, the season. But nevertheless, in Jewish halacha, halachic year follows... We don't follow the days, 365 days. We follow the months, a year of 12 months. Or if the court adds another month, that becomes a year. So it's 384, 85 days, whatever. So that, that, that's, again, that's nothing to do with the cycle of the sun. How do we know this? Shanemunit says, Lechotshe The Torah says clearly, The year is determined by the months. What makes a year? You go by the months, not the days. The rabbis of, of, of Kisari. In the name of Abba said, How do we know? Since you're following the lunar calendar, the, 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 the moon... So um, the lunar cycle is really 12, 29 and a half days. So maybe make your shaydr, it's the middle of the day. Until 12 o'clock is this month, and now starts at 12 o'clock, starts the new day. You don't do that. It has to be a full day. Where do we know this? Shnemet says, Ad chaydish yamim. Because it says, it says in the Bamidbar, when, when they ask for the, for the, for the, for, to eat the meat, Hashem says, I'm going to give you slav, I'm going to give you the, the birds, until it's going to come out of your nose. So he says, for a full month. So what determines a month? It has to be full days. Not hours. And that's why we have the whole, how do you make the shchedish? Because it has to be a full day, and that's why... Some 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 are twenty nine days and some some months are thirty days because every month you have to make up it's twenty nine and a half days approximately so therefore every month you have to make up so ideally it would be six and six six months would be twenty nine days six months would be thirty days and that's how that's how it would all all end up uh, even but but the but the whole day is um, is uh, is considered part of the previous month or the, or the, or the whole day is considered part of the next month. And then the Mishnah says, why, why does he bring it here? Because he quoted of Abba Meshmuel. He really says something else of Abba Meshmuel says. Tisha B'Av, the Mishnah says, So he says, why? He's going to explain. Why? What's the reason? Maybe he should do it earlier. He says, You don't want to bring in, you don't want to bring in tragedy early. Push it off. Maybe Mashiach will come. Levitzchak wouldn't read the Eicha till, till, till right before dawn. He was hoping Mashiach would come and you wouldn't need to read the Eicha. So you're going to bring in Tishabav early? <laughs> Push it off as much as you can. 
You can't bring Hagiga early. You can't do Hagil early because it's, 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 it's before the time. The obligation didn't begin yet. We learn Hagiga. We learn Hagiga and the whole Zman of Hagiga. You, you delay. But it says, Bishlema makes hands Hagiga. They make. If if Yamte falls on Shabbos, you you bring the carbon chagig on Sunday. The baser Shabbos after Shabbos. Ella's mana chagig mai. What do you mean the time of chagig? This is what he says. Chagig b'Shabbos. If chagig if the Yamte tradition is b'Shabbos. Chagiga is only only push it off if it falls out on Shabbos. You're not going to bring a Chagiga on Shabbos. But Yamtiv, you do bring a Chagiga. If Yamtiv does not on Shabbos, any other day of the week, you would bring a Chagiga. But the obligation, a person has to bring three sacrifices every Yamtiv. An Eila, you have to appear to Hashem with a gift, to be seen and to be seen, and then, and then you have the Chagiga, Chagiga sacrifice, to celebrate the holiday. And then they have Shalme Simcha. You have to rejoice, you have to eat, to eat the meat, you have to Shalme Simcha. So he says the Chagiga you bring on Yamtiv. Because you're using it to, to celebrate, to eat. You're allowed to slaughter an animal to, to, to eat on Yamtiv. Eilusadiya, however, you can't. Eilusadiya, you're only allowed to, you're only allowed to do a Malacha on Yamtiv only if it's for your own benefit, not for Hashem's sake. So you can't bring an Eilusadiya. You have to bring a Cholomoy, so it doesn't matter, not only because it's Shabbos, even if it's on a weekday, the day of Yom Tov, you can't bring an Elisriya, you have to bring it to Cholomoy. But Chagiga, if it was in Yom Tov, if it was on a weekday, you would bring a Chagiga. Only on Shabbos it's pushed off. That's what he means, Chagiga is man Chagiga. Elisriya, feel it be Yom Tov, this man Chagiga, the time of Chagiga also, so Elisriya, you push off. So that's, that's, that's what he means, you push off the Chagiga if it's on Shabbos, and then, there's another thing, that when it reaches the time, you push off. If it's a time of Chagiga, when is the time of Chagiga? If Yom Tov falls out on any other day of the week, besides Shabbos, then it's the time of Chagiga, because you do bring the Chagiga. But at the time of Chagiga, there's another thing you push off. What do you push off? The Elisriya. The Elisriya. You don't bring a Yom Tov, you wait for Cholomot. And Mani, according to whose opinion is this Bishamahi? That's the opinion of Bishamahi. And we learn... You could bring shlamim and yamtiv because it's a, because you're gonna eat the meat. Anything that for your benefit, you're allowed to do in yamtiv. You're allowed to slaughter yamtiv. But you don't lean, even though regularly you have to lean on the sacrifice. But that you're not allowed to lean on yamtiv. You're not allowed to lean on an animal. It's one of the things the rabbis prohibit: leaning on an animal, climbing a tree. But oil is you're not allowed to bring, according to Bisham. Since you're not benefiting from it, you're not allowed to do a work on Yamtiv. It's slaughtering on Yamtiv. Basil argues, Basil says, you can bring Shlamim, Shalmi Chagiga, you can lean on it, and you can even bring an oil because it's an obligation. This is the day of the obligation. Even though you're not eating from it, it's an oil, it's entirely burnt Hashem, but the Torah obligates you to bring, so therefore it overrides the, the prohibition of Yamtiv. 
So this Braise, this Tana that says that only the Chagiga you bring if Yom Tev is in any other day of the week except Shabbos. But the Eilus you don't bring, this follows the opinion of Shammai, not Hill. Rav gives a different explanation. What does it mean, Chagiga's Ma? Because he doesn't want to say the Braise is following Shammai. He wants to say the Braise. So he, he interprets the Braise as follows. Rav Amar, Chagiga calls man Chagiga. Ma'achari. The whole time of the Chagiga, which is the whole entire Yomtev, you have a whole entire Yomtev to bring the Chagiga, all seven days, you're allowed to, you're allowed to delay it. But Fei, more than that night. It has to be Zman HaChagiga. Chagiga v'chol Zman HaChagiga. You can delay it, but until the seventh day, you can't delay it further. Vietnam, we learn in the Mishnah, Chagiga, Mishalei Chag. Whoever did not bring the Chagiga, then, then, then you have to find, then you can, you can bring the Chagiga the rest of the Yom Tov. Even the last day of Yom Tov Shalchag, even Shemini Atzeres, which is the eighth day in Sukkot, even Shemini Atzeres, you can make up, you can still bring the Chagiga they had to bring on the first day of Yom Tov. But what if you the Yom Tov pass and you didn't bring your Chagiga too late? There's nothing you can do. You're not. There's no responsibility. You can't make up for it anymore. It's done. So that's what he means. Chagiga That Chagiga You can push off. You can delay it. Then he had a second son. He realized that he's a Third interpretation. What he means to say is. Even Shavuos, which is only one day, if it falls out on Shabbos. He's saying. Chagiga, which falls out on Shabbos, he puts off. But not only Sukkot and Pesach, which he had, it's still Yom Tif. So it makes sense you should push it off. But Atzeres, Yeshavu is only one day. It's on Shabbos. If you don't bring it now, it's over. He says, no. Because it calls Man Chagiga, you have seven days. Even on Yom Tif, Shavu, Taylor gives you another six days that follow to bring the carbon. Now we learn the Mishnah. Even though Bishilil holds, argues with Bisham and says, that says you're allowed to bring, you're allowed to bring a carbon oil city and yamtiv. The mission says, Basil agrees if Hatzeris falls out on Shabbos. Even Basil says he can't bring the oil of on Shabbos. You can't bring a carbon on Shabbos. Your oil of doesn't doesn't override Shabbos, it overrides Yamta. So even Basil agrees, they would bring the Chagiga and the oil of Sri and the Shama Chagiga after Shabbos. So that's what he means. Chagiga is a man Chagiga. Not only Chagiga, but even Zaman, the time that's given to us to bring the Chagiga, you're allowed to push off and falls on the Shabbos. Chagiga is if it's on Yom Tif, so that makes sense that you have the whole Yom Tif. 
Tul Shmini Atzeres and Sukkot, and uh, the whole seven days of Pesach. But even Yamtiv is no longer Yamtiv Shavuot. But still, it's Man Hagiga. The Torah gives us the dispensation that we can bring the Hagiga for seven days. So therefore, if it falls on Shabbos, you bring you bring it after Shabbos. Um, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Hanin, Rabbi Natan, Tiyabapur. It was a story that Rabbi planted the tree and put, and he didn't mind, didn't bother him. We learned he shouldn't do work and put. We continue in side B, five B, Verachatz, Bekrein, Shul Tzipedi, Beshiva, also Betamus, seven days of Betamus. He he, pub, he publicly to, went to the bath. Means when the wagons come. In other words, it was a public day. It was in public. He publicly went and bathed on seventeenth of Tammuz. To publicize, he allowed to bathe on on, on, on fast day. Because today, today, you don't have to be strict. You're allowed to even take a bath on on on, 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 on except Tishabu. But Seventeenth day of Tammuz, any other fast day, you're allowed to take a bath. Bikish lakel tishabov so much. So he wanted to uproot the whole tishabov. Rabbi Lazar, he says, Rabbi wanted to uproot all tishabov. But the rabbis didn't agree with him. What do you mean? How could you uproot it? How could you uproot tishabov? We learned in Tainas, whoever eats and drinks in tishabov will never see the comforting of Yerushalayim. Also, we learn. We learned in the beginning of this track day that once Bezdin makes a takana, you can't uproot it. You might ask, how could, you, how could the rabbis be lenient? You could read the Megillah in the 11th and 12th and 13th when the rabbis of the great Sanhedrin, established you have to read it on the 14th or 15th. They said, you have to say that that was the initial enactment. And you might ask, well, where is it hinted at in the Megillah? So how could the rabbi uproot something that the Bezdin decided you should... So he, he didn't want to uproot the fast. He wanted to uproot that the Tishabov is more severe, stricter than all other fast days. That he wanted to uproot. It should be like a regular fast day. Not, you're not allowed to bathe. You're not allowed to do. That's what he wanted to uproot. Or maybe he wanted to uproot it to change it from the 9th to the 10th. Because the majority of the base of English was destroyed in the 10th. So it's, so it's not cancelling it, it's just like shifting it a little, uh, you know, amending it. And many rabbis also would agree, agree that that's, that makes more sense to fast. But the Ritva learns, no, he wanted to uproot it entirely. Why, how is he allowed to do that? Because since initially, you'd only have to fast if there's decrees. If you're living in freedom, you don't have to fast. There's no obligation to fast. If you want, you could. You know, it's voluntary. So therefore, like we learned in Rosh Hashanah, if you're, if you, it's up to you. So therefore, so he, so 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 Rebbe held that that's also true of Tishabov. Not only the other fast days, also Tishabov, where the Gemara says, in the time of this piece, 
If you want, you can fast. If not, not. So that's why you wanted to uproot it. Not like today that everyone fasts. It's like become an obligation. Okay. But the rabbis disagreed. So no, the rabbis only disagreed when it, come, when it came to Tisha B'av. The other things that he did, bathing on the seventh day of Tammuz and planting a tree and putting him, the rabbis had no problem. Only in this, this is the only thing that had an issue with it. I'm a lefano, Rabbi Abba Rabbi Abba Zabda said before Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lukachai Maisa, my teacher, this is not what happened. Rabbi never wanted to uproot Tishabav. Ella Tishabav, Elias Bushabas Habba. What happened was it fell out on Shabbos. With the Chinolachar Shabbos. We pushed it off to Sunday. And the Amr Rabbi Rabbi says, Hail Venitcha Yitcha. Rabbi, are you? Since we're not fasting anyway on Tisha B'Av, the day you're supposed to fast, so that if it falls on Shabbos, you shouldn't fast at all. And that that the rabbis didn't agree. Not the Rebbe wanted to uproot the whole Tisha B'Av, but in the case which fell on Shabbos, that's what he wanted. Since even that's his opinion. If it's pushed off, let it be pushed off already altogether. So Kari Rabbi Allah, Rabbi Allah, Rabbi Allah said on him, on Rabbi, on Rabbi Abba Bazabda, Tevim Ashnayim in Echad, it's better two than one. It says in the Ecclesiastics, because you, you corrected me. Between the two of us, we're able to come to clarify what exactly happened and what the story was. Otherwise, I would never have, 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 never have corrected my mistake. So it's better to learn with someone else so you can get that feedback and then you realize, hey, I made a mistake. He can give you some... The prophets only enacted you should fast in Tisha B'av. They never enacted you should fast in the Tenth of Av. The rabbi said, since he can't fast in Shabbos, let's, make a, let's fast also in the Tenth Rabbi says, why? Why are you making such an act? Maybe you shouldn't make such an act. If it's pushed off, mazel tov, push it off. It should be pushed off already. So if anything negative is pushed off, and that beholds, it's just pushed off, let it be pushed off. The rabbis disagree. But Rabbi Hechen, not in the how could Rabbi plant a plant on Purim? But Tani, we learn Rabbi Yesi. Rabbi Yesi, we learn, it says in the Megillus Esther, Simcha Mishta that they enacted that the 14th of Adar should be a day of joy, a day of feasting, of drinking, and a holiday. Simcha, Malamish, Asurim Behesped. Simcha comes to tell me that it's a day of joy, you're not allowed to eulogize and mourn. Mishta, day of drinking, Malamish, Asurim Behesped. It's not allowed to fast. Because a, fa- a real fast is, you're not even drinking. Yemtev, a dry fast. Yemtev, Malamish, Yemtev comes to teach me, Asurim Behesped, Malach, it's considered like a Yemtev, not allowed to do work. How could the Rebbe do work and plant and Yemtev and put him? Ozla Rebbe, but our base Ella Rebbe, but our base Rebbe was below. His pudding was the fourteenth. He lived in an open city. He planted on the fifteenth. For him, it wasn't pudding already. That's what happened. But it's not so. But Rebbe with Tveria have Rebbe lived in Tveria. Tiberius with Tveria, Makafas Chayim is Yeshua ben Nun. Tveria is surrounded by walls in the days of Yeshua ben Nun. 
So therefore, how can you say that his Purim was the 14th? Ella, you have to say the exact opposite. The answer is correct. You just have to switch around. Rebbe, his Purim was in the 15th. But he planted when it was put in for everyone else. For him, it wasn't put in. It was a regular weekday. You're so certain that Tveria had a wall that was surrounded. It was a wall in the city. And that's what we do today. Chizkiah would read the Megillah and Tveria both in the 14th and the 15th. Why? The Mesapkele. He wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. Was it surrounded by a wall in the time of or not? He wasn't. Chizkiah had a doubt. He was certain. He didn't have any doubt. So therefore, he celebrated, put him on the 15th, and the 14th, he treated like a regular week. And even if Rebbe was certain, does that give him the right to plant on the 14th? It says, in the scroll, in the, that list all the days, you're not allowed to fast. That the fourth, and we already learned this earlier in Rosh Hashanah, that Yem Chamish Asi Yem Purim Inun. At both the fourteenth and the fifteenth are days of Purim. No one is allowed to eulogize and mourn in those days. Not those living in a walled city, not those living in an open city. Both days you have to treat as special. You're not allowed to eulogize. He only needs to tell us that the day which is put in for an open city should be should be prohibited from eulogizing for those who live in the closing city, and the day the the fifteenth which is put in for the closing city should also be a day that's prohibited from mourning and eulogizing for the those who live in the open city. So if you're not allowed to do work, how was he allowed to do work? The mother says, no, it's not a question. You're not allowed to eulogize or fast. But the prohibition of doing work is only one day. Doing work is so precious. The person was created in this world to do work. You have to do work. So to waste two days of work? No. One day you're not allowed to do work. But the other day is a regular weekday. It's only a yamtiv in the sense that you're not allowed to do We don't say tachnun. You don't eulogize. And you don't fast. It's not so. Rav saw a person was was sowing flax, seeds of flax, and put it. And he cursed him. Nothing grew from it. So we see from this that you're not allowed to the day this put him. Not only aren't you allowed to fast. Or you are not to do work. What it says? What's, what's your question? Awesome. By Yemav, he saw him on the day that was put in for him, not the other day. What was even the question? What did he even think in the first place? What a thought that really must have been the day that's not put in for him. It was the day of put him. He would have would have given them lashes. You're violating the you put him. It says clearly it's a yamtif, and here you go working. So it must have been a day that's only only rabbinic, a day that's not put in for you. So therefore, he cursed, he cursed that uh, not he cursed the person, but he cursed that nothing should grow from him. So he says, no, really, it was a day of put. But since it doesn't say clearly in the Megillah, something the rabbis derive, it says yamtiv. Yamtiv means it shouldn't work, so you can't give someone lashes for that. 
not he's violating, even though it's Kabbalah, Dibri Kabbalah, the prophets, it has a certain strictness. It's, we treat it the same way like we treat something that's written in the Torah, it's part of the 24 books of the, of the, of the Tanakh. But nevertheless, it doesn't say clearly, so you can't la- give someone lashes for violating something that you have to be a Talmud Hakim to derive and learn from. So therefore he said, that's why he only cursed. He cur- and didn't even curse him, he cursed that nothing should grow from, from, from this. And indeed, nothing grew. Another answer, how could Rebbe plan something on Purim? Rabbi, the son of Rabbi, says, Really, I'll tell you that Rebbe planted on Purim itself. Nevertheless, there's no prohibition. Yes, they wanted to enact that Purim should be like a yamtiv, but the Jewish people never accepted it upon themselves. They accepted it upon themselves, not to eulogize, not to fast, but the Jewish people never accepted themselves as a yamtiv. In the beginning, in chapter 9, the Megillah says all three things. A day of joy, of rejoicing, a day of drinking, a day of yamtiv. So they never accepted upon the soul. Therefore you could do work on yamtiv. If that's the case, why did Rav curse that, that, that individual who planted seeds of flax? I'm putting He says, Yes, you're allowed to do it, but since the community took it upon themselves not to, since other people don't work, so in the place of Rebbe, they, they wouldn't do Oh, so in the Rebbe, there wasn't a custom not to work on Yom. That's why he planted. But in the case of, of Rav, there was a custom not to work. So if the custom of the community is not to work, it's a custom, it's not an obligation. It's a custom not to work. You're not allowed to do work in front of them. So he went ahead and did work and, 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 and basically flaunted in front of everyone and everyone else has the custom not to work. And you come to a place where this is the custom, you have to respect that custom. Or if you want, I'll give you another answer. No, no. Really, even the case in the place of Rebbe, the custom was not to do work. Nevertheless, for Rebbe, the Simcha, not that Rebbe planted because it wasn't planting; it was for the sake of joy. What do you mean, the Simcha? What's a plant of joy? I learned in Tainus. If you remember, of Ruelos, these thirteen. Fast, public fast. There's a drought, so the bezin would enact 13 fasts with increasing severity. But if 13 passed, passed. And Hashem did not answer, did not respond, yes, there was no rain. You stop fasting, but you minimize in business, doing work, the binyan, in building, and you minimize in planting trees, the edison, and uh, you don't get betrothed. You don't get married. We learned the Braisa to explain the Mishnah. Binyan, Binyan Shosimcha. Binyan means Binyan Shosimcha. You're not allowed to build the building of Simcha. You're building a house for the, for the bride and groom. But if you need a house to live, you're allowed to build. Netiya, which planting ours is prohibited? Because it's only Netiya Shosimcha. Because you have to, you have to be like a mourning. Hashem is rejecting, rejected the fasting. Hashem rejected your davening. 
So, so you have to act like Hashem is like excommunicating you. So you have to minimize, you don't, you're not allowed to plant the planting of joy. What's called the building of joy? If you build a house for the bride and groom. What's considered the plant of Simcha? You, you plant this tree that gives off a beautiful shade. It makes a lot of shade. And the kings would eat under them in the time. In the summer, it was like a pleasure. You go to the garden, very shady. It's, it's, it protects you from the sun. So time is, fast days, you have to be in pain. So you're not allowed to do a planting of joy. But other plantings you're allowed to do. So here, what did he plant? But, but so, so during, in the times of fast day, you're only allowed to plant a plant, a plant of, of necessity. Not a plant of joy. Put him, it's like the opposite. Put him, you're not allowed to. Put him as a day of joy. So you're not allowed to do any work. That's why Dav cursed the person who was planting the seeds for the, for the flax. But Rebbe planted a joyful plant. Planted the plant for a tree, a beautiful tree, and gave him tremendous shade. He says, Gufa, we learn, he quoted, he quotes, we learn, Chizkiya would read the Megillah, both the 14th and the 15th. In Tveria, because he was in doubt, he looked, not sure if Tveria was surrounded by wool. Is he in doubt? How is it possible that he was in doubt about Tveria? It says in Yeshua, it says clearly that the walled in cities. This was in the tribe of Naphtali. Tveria was in the tribe of in the portion of Naphtali. It says clearly that Chinedes was, Rakas was a walled city, the Kaimelon. And we received the tradition, Rakas is referring to Tveria, the same city as Tveria. So it's clearly Yeshua that it was walled in in times of Yeshua. The Gemara answers, Hainet time, and the reason why he was endowed, Mishrum, the Chad because yes, it was surrounded by three sides, it was surrounded by a wall. But the fourth side, which is on the banks of the Kinneret, the walls were Shura, the walls were Yamab, the, the, the Sea of Kinneret, the Kinneret Sea. There's no wall of stone. So Chizkiah was in doubt if that's considered like a wall. If you can count the sea as a wall, the city is walled in. If that's the case, am I Mesapkale? Why is he in doubt? Surely it's not a wall. Why? The It says about the laws. Parshas Bahar. Which, if you buy a city, if you buy a house, if you sell a house in the Walden City, the owner gets one year to redeem the house. If he doesn't redeem the house that year, then it's all over. He can never redeem the house and doesn't even return back in the Jubilee year. So the Braise says, what's considered a Walden City? It says, It has a wall. Meaning, It literally has a wall. An independent wall. Not that the roofs are the wall. Let's say if the houses are attached to each other. So if you have a full row of houses, that makes a wall. That's not considered a wall. means it has an independent wall outside of the houses, separate from the houses. 
that the roofs are, are the wall. So we see clearly it has to be all four sides, it has to be surrounded by a real wall. Oh, he said, no, what does Savit come to teach me? It has to be in all four sides. So you can't use, you can't say Tveria has a wall around three sides, and then the fourth is, is the sea, the Kinnaret. No, that doesn't count. So why is, why is Megillah any different? Surely it was not surrounded by a wall. So therefore you should read the Megillah on the, on the 14th. But the answer is You're right. There he has no doubt. Chizki has no doubt. There is no question. Like it says clearly in the Brayz. This question is Megillah. Maybe Megillah is different. Because it doesn't say anywhere in the Megillah a wall. Unlike the Arichaymah in the title of the Empire. It doesn't say wall. What does it say? An open city. So the question is, when it says open city, and what is a city that's walled in that's not an open city? That's his question. Because the open cities have no wall, they're exposed. But the closed cities are, 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 are covered, are surrounded. If that's the case, if that's the case, Tveria is not surrounded by a wall because one side is open, it's exposed. It has a wall on three sides with the river. Not because it's open or it's not open. It's exposed or not exposed. Tveria is exposed on one side. No, the question is, is it defensible or not defensible? Is it, is it, so if that's the case, it's defended because the enemy can't come. It's surrounded. You have three walls and then you have the water. How's the enemy going to come? You can protect yourself. That was his doubt. Because it doesn't say, if the Teir, in the case of the Archaim Teir, says clearly a wall. That means an independent wall. He doesn't say anything about walls. Is it surrounded? Is it open? So surrounded and open, what's the key determining factor? Exposed or not exposed? Or defensible or not defensible? Vulnerable or not vulnerable? The Nazis couldn't attack England because it was surrounded by sea. Hitler couldn't attack it. It was that's defensible. So even though it's exposed, mm-hmm. fully exposed, there's no walls, mm-hmm. but it's, it's defensible. So that's that. That was Chizkiyah's question. Rebbe didn't have a question. Either Rebbe held that it is. We don't know for sure which one it was. Whether it was which one Rebbe. Either Rebbe held that the key determining factor is. Defensible or not defensible. And therefore, since it's defensible, you read in the 15th. Or you held no, the main thing is, it's exposed or not exposed. And therefore, you read in the 14th. But Chizkiah had a doubt. Rabasi, Kari Megillah, but Rabasi read the Megillah in Hutzel, Bar Besa, Bahamesa, the 14th and the 15th. Sapkale, because he had a doubt. He had a doubt whether it was surrounded another place besides Tveria. Hutzel also. I don't know if we know today where Hutzel is. Not Hudson Clots, but Hutzel, if it's, if it's surrounded or not. He could rather say, Amaravasi, hi Hutzel, the base of Binyamin. Hutzel, which is in the, in the portion of Binyamin, Makafis Chem, And you read on the 15th, it's certain. 
over here. Another beautiful Shabbos. Shabbos Chazak. Good job.